0: Assalamu alaikum, welcome to a new episode of The Habibis, three Arab game developers drinking good Arab tea. I think I said Arab one time too many in that, didn't I? <laughs>
1: or one time too few.
0: Just yes. not, enough, not enough Arab. There's three Arabs, so I should say Arab again.
1: <laughs> yes. I think I've three made game developers
0: drinking good Arab, Arab, Arab tea. <laughs> well, are four now. Very good. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm, um, how, how are you all doing?
2: I'm doing all right. Good. How are you again?
0: <laughs> all right. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that too. I'm Rami Ismail. I'm the host of this. I just keep saying Arab too much. Okay. Okay. Just just to be clear. Just to be clear. I'm Rami Ismail,
1: and I am Faizy Masmar, and I'm Arabosamadoris. Ah.
0: <laughs> so I'm a little off my ball game because I'm sitting in the parking lot of a Burger King Fancy. with my laptop in the passenger seat of the car. And my fancy podcast recording microphone precariously balanced on the center armrest. (laughs) And my phone attached to the windshield being a hotspot while I'm in the middle of Sweden. I have no idea where I am.
2: (laughs) There's something very poetic about how all of this is coming together. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like a mundane ramy adventure to me. (laughs)
0: Right. But you know what? I'm really happy that this is the sort of mundane Rami adventure that's coming back.
2: Yes, it's, he's back. He's on the road.
0: It's it's back. It's <laughs> happening again. There's events. Yep. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had a week. How, how how's your week been?
2: Yes, it's been a week, man. Uh, right. So much, so much going on. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah.
2: So wait, is a, now like uh, th- there's this website uh, that you put up together? Is Rami in the Netherlands? Is that now right? operational?
0: I think it's no longer operational because I don't have that phone anymore. Oh, um, oh. But I can see if I can make it work again. Yeah. Uh, that's helpful. Yeah, it I, says Rami's in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's not right. It's
2: helpful if I want to drop by the Netherlands unannounced. I need to check that website to see if you're there or not.
0: Yes. Although it might be better to just DM me on Twitter or something. Or that. (laughs) Right. Sam, how's your week been?
1: Mine is actually pretty interesting. Um, I posted a random shower thought, and I think as a result, I'm uh, organizing a, a kind of an experiment game thing. So just for the fun of it, I actually literally had this as a shower thought. I'm like, huh, I wonder what would happen if you got 100 designers to design a card game together where each one designs one card and passes it to the next without rules or context and see what happens. And I said it like, oh. you know, just like a throwaway tweet and then a whole bunch of people signed up. So stay tuned. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're making a what card is this, game.
2: It's the squid game of card games. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Pretty Can I design a card? Well, of course, yeah. you could design a card. i, yeah, nice. I want to design a card as well.
2: Let's say right, grab hundred like, game, think... game designers and you drop them on an island and see if they can come up with a game real quick. I like that. Right, <laughs>
0: You're it's not, not going to work. The process, that's right? going to add. That's going to add a disaster. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Lord of the flies, but right? I, I already know. <laughs> yeah. I already know what my card is is, is. is Osama?
1: What is your card? Tell
0: me. My card is um, is it's a screen shake. It, no, it flips the direction in which you should read the cards.
1: Oh, what? Wow. How?
0: Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have rules, but that's, that's the rule I'm implementing. So I'm guessing you're reading the cards in some sort of way.
1: That's amazing. I love it.
0: But yeah, you make the card, you mark, make the card goes from right to left.
2: <laughs> I love it. It's so on brand. My, right. card, my card would read, um, play at any time. Cancel any previous card you play this on.
0: That works. Wow, that's yeah. a boss card. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, exactly. That's, uh, I, I was playing <laughs> Unstable Unicorn the other day, and it has a card just like that. It's it's called <laughs> No. <laughs> it's called
2: No. Yeah, nope.
0: It's just called No. Yeah. It's, co- it's called No. And then there's also a card that is Super No. <laughs> super No. <laughs> super No. Super No. Overrules like a No. <laughs>
2: uh huh. It knows the no.
0: Yeah. You can know a no, and a super no can, like, know anything.
1: <laughs> I love love it. It. I was love thinking it. of making again. my card and calling it reverse ageism, and everyone gains a victory token equal to their age.
0: <laughs> so that's it. This game is already unplayable <laughs> because, like... <laughs> Osama needs like seven hundred and fifty tokens.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna throw a no card on that just now yeah, and end yeah, this
0: yeah. game. <laughs> Osama is gonna play his counter card for that, and I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna play my inversion card, which means that there, you did it the other way around. Now,
2: oh no, oh no, super no. This
0: is already a good game. I love it. I love, it. I, love it.
2: I can also like um, I can throw a card in which like will you would have to stand on one leg and play the other, so the next player after you play this card have to stand on one leg and play their card while they are humming the lion sleeps tonight that is the card oh no
0: that's
1: that's good oh no uh, okay.
0: just add like a card where <laughs> anybody anybody called osama can only be referred to as lama in the oh future. no Uh, (laughs) Not too much happens there, just everything stays the same. (laughs)
2: You need Lama at the end of every name from now on. (laughs) Until
0: the end of time. Fawzi Lama. I love it. Rami Rami Lami doesn't quite work but Fawzi Lama is 100% (laughs) doable. I love that your
1: Rami became a Rami Lami.
0: Rami Rami (laughs) Lami. So good. So yeah, this is the Habibi spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes,
2: we're designing card games on the fly. <laughs> on yes. the fly, and,
0: and then disaster
2: happens. Exactly, in <laughs> the back seat of a car in Sweden. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's technically the front seat. I'm in the driver's seat, <laughs> which nice. it's a it's a 17 hour drive for the record, and I had a wow. bit of a rough week, so I decided to do a road trip. Right. I could have flown to my first event, by the way, in a year and a half.
2: Wow. Uh,
0: I did my first talk. You want to guess what my talk was? What was it? I called it Talk Jam. Talk Jam? I had 10 empty slides. I got the audience to fill in my slides and then gave a talk about what they told me to give a talk about. That <laughs> is it. Freestyling a talk. That is impressive. Wow. How it was go? good. It went well. Uh, the, you know, the organizers, so this was an event in uh, Hovde, which you don't spell as Hovde, you spell it as S-K-O-V-D-E. As the S-K in Swedish turns into an H sound, apparently. Yeah,
2: that's the so, struggle, that's how Swedish works.
0: Right. So uh, Hovde has an incredible game school, um, and a lot of like Swedish talent like, is trained there, right? Including the people that end up in uh, in Stockholm or Malmö or any anywhere else in Sweden, they've invited me a few times. And uh, you know, when I got the invite, I was like, "Yeah, I'd I'd love to come." Like first in person event, and I asked them like, "What is the audience?" And they're like, "Well, okay, so there's students." I'm like, okay, they're like, and there's aspiring startups. I'm like, okay, they're like, there's also funded startups. I'm like, uh huh. They're like, there's publishers. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> there's also some trip
1: like, okay. uh, uh, like recruiters
0: you are like yeah recruiters i'm like okay so this kind of just like humans they're like yeah <laughs> you just just uh, okay, influencers fit- that's all right <laughs>
1: you got everyone else
0: so i was just like i can't come up with a talk with that so do you mind if i just have the audience like help me make my talk and they're like what <laughs> okay, <again."> <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah i did that it went really well it was uh it was you know what i noticed that i thought was really cool is that this pandemic has been a year and a half two years
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. A lot of friendships in the games industry are at the level where you can drop them and pick them back up again. Yeah, right. We never really think about that because you know, like you, you get actual friends in the games industry that you, you know, hang out with outside of circumstances that put you in the same room. But a lot of uh, a lot of games industry, industry friendships are sort of like transient, in that they occur when they occur. Yeah. And then they kind of like get paused, and they're not lesser friendships, no. But they just kind of like pick back up, and it's as if nothing, as if nothing happened in between.
2: Those are the ones I miss the most, actually, because like right. uh, during the pandemic, because you're not in person, you can you you, you you. I miss those people that I just run into in these events or in these get-togethers, and just we catch up. So how's it been since the last time we saw each other, kind of thing, Same. you know? Same.
0: Yeah, it was it was really interesting to just pick it back up and be like, so what are you up to? And they're mm. like, oh, this and this and that and that. And it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, what are you up to? Oh, this and that. Cool. Yeah, and like okay, let's go have some food.
1: That's oh, and it's as if, if
0: as if nothing happened. It was great. And uh, let me say, uh, tell you, Hovda, not a place where I thought I was gonna have really good food. Came oh, across a Lebanese, ooh, Lopnerny, ooh. and uh, his name was Fuad. And I basically walked in and introduced myself, and you know, I had a group of ten with me, and um, I just told them like, "Okay, listen, I haven't I haven't had good proper Arab food in a restaurant for like a year and a half. If you're if you're a Lebanese, right, give me the best things you have, and don't ask me about menus or anything. Just bring the best food out." And uh, my God, what a feast! Mm-hmm. For oh that yeah. Night. Oh, oof! I'm still, I'm, I still can't eat, and this is like yesterday's dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, everything, everything was great. He had wara'anab, he had uh, yeah, all the ghanoush, the hummus, the kofta, the kebab, uh, kibbeh, everything. You're making everything you're came tired. out. You're what is was the
1: Habibu's Discord. I mean, come on, <laughs>
0: this, it was, this was, it was, it was a feast. It was. At least 30 plates, right? Wow. Um, He came out and he explained how the, how the, what I ended up was his mom's recipe and that his mom still comes by the, because everything is his mom's recipe Hmm. and his mom still comes by the restaurant to check if it's still good. So they can't change the recipes because his mom will like just tear them apart. Um. And uh, we had uh, baklava with uh, some ice cream on the side for dessert. And it was oh. just, I was so happy. Rami, killing me. I was so happy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even my only food story this week. Wait. Ah, there's more? Well, there's more food? There's more. <laughs> well, I, I need five to years some,
2: ago. I need to get a snack for this one.
0: <laughs> five years ago, I was in a city called Örebro, mm. I think. Örebro. I don't know how to pronounce it. Something like that. There was a game jam in a castle. It's called Castle Game Jam, and this was in uh, June, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And I went there. And you know what also happened in June?
2: Well, I know the what? story, so I'm not. <laughs> Ramadan. Ah, well, wow, it's Ramadan. Yeah, it was Ramadan,
0: which uh, meant that June. I couldn't eat.
2: June in Sweden, huh? Ramadan.
0: <laughs> June, Ramadan, Sweden. Fawzi knows exactly what's up here. So, uh, there was two there was two and a half hours of night. Oh wow. Yeah. Right? So it turns out in Odebro, everything kinda closes early. So I was in my hotel and I called down and I said, like, hey, do you have any food? And they're like, No. I'm like, Well, I'm in trouble then because it's what, eleven it's eleven PM? can I order anywhere? And they're like, we don't think so. And I'm like, I need to eat. I have two and a half hours to eat and drink. And after that, I don't <laughs> get to eat or drink again. So I just I just ran out of the hotel, right? I ran outside and I just started walking the city center until I would come across a place that had food. There had to be somebody, right? There had to be something, a McDonald's, a Burger King, whatever. And I walked by this tiny pizza shop, right? And the lights are on. And there's people inside and they're walking around and I'm just like you know what I'm gonna you know whatever I'll eat this I open the door and the door's locked and the guy inside looks at me and he just walks up and he does like the no sign you know he waves his finger at me like no no, yeah, no no we're closed and I'm and I'm just I'm just at him I'm like please right i I do like a please gesture at him and he opens the door and he says in Swedish we're closed and I'm like no no, no mate listen I'm in English I'm like listen if your kitchen is still going I'm I really need a meal. It's Ramadan. And he looks at me, he goes like, Muslim, come in. (laughs) And what had happened is the store had closed early because the local Muslim community meets up there to eat.
1: That's incredible.
0: So they gave me a place at the table and they fed me. And at the end, I said, okay, where do I pay? He said, you don't pay. And you come back tomorrow, right? You're going to be here three days. You come back every night. You eat here, we'll feed you. So I ate there every day, three days in a row. I
2: and at the, the end, story. I said, I, love it I, really
0: need, I really need to pay for a meal, right? Like, I, you, you can't do this. Like, I can't not pay. And he said, no, you don't pay for a meal. I said, okay, how about this? I'll make you a promise. One day, whenever I'm back in uh, Orbro, right? Whenever I'm back, I will come here and I will buy a meal. And he said, Inshallah. <laughs> right, and it was the inshallah that comes with probably not. Yeah,
2: right. how, <laughs> what, what are the odds of you passing by here again?
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So on this road trip, I decided to take a stop a stop in Stockholm. Right, I drove all the way up to Stockholm from the Netherlands, seventeen hours, and then on the way back to Hovda, you drive by Orebro. I didn't know that, so suddenly I saw I saw the signs for for Orebro i was like I, I need to do this so i got off the highway just took whatever exit parked somewhere set a route to the castle that the castle game jam was in parked my car and just started wandering the city center because i didn't remember the name of the place i didn't remember the address of the place i didn't have any i didn't have anything to go on luckily yeah it's not that big i found the place i walked in i ordered a meal I paid for it. And as soon as the meal came out, I went up to the guy behind the counter who I recognized uh, as the the owner of the place. It's the same guy. And I told him, listen, five years ago, I was here for Ramadan and he looks at me and goes, I remember. And he looks at the meal and he's like, you paid for the meal, didn't you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he remembered. He remembered the whole thing. So we caught we caught up real quick. I had to get back on the road, so we just caught up, did the short like how life is, and uh and said uh, salam, and went on the road again. No, that's that's awesome. So beautiful story. those are my two food stories this week. Uh, Good stories. I feel like
1: I I showed up without a food story. I feel not <laughs> <laughs> <that, that laughs> equipped to join this conversation.
0: Well, I, can, I had a pizza I today. A video, I mean. It was great. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but I, would have, I would have, please.
2: It's, I mean, it's I'm a not short story, but a, a happy pizza. one. <laughs> uh, okay.
0: I think the, from here on out, my food stories won't be as good. I'm sitting in front of a Burger King. After this recording is over, I'm probably going to walk into the Burger King and order oh. a Burger King. <laughs> oh, you, I expect not the most to, food to food food
2: food. eat your uh, Kofta McNuggets.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nope, No, it's going to be Burger King. I don't know where I am. I have no idea what place I'm in. <laughs> I mean, the, signs, the sign the in front of the parking lot says Helsingborg. But I don't think I'm near Helsingborg yet. <laughs> so, who knows? Who knows? Uh,
2: so, it sounds like if you're playing video games, you have a portable thing.
0: Oh, I have the oh, new you're... Switch.
2: I oh, have the new Switch, huh? I
0: yeah. have the new Switch. You Are know you what I think anything? of the new switch? Yeah, what do you think, you think of, of it? It is much better than the original switch. How much like, better? <laughs> it is exactly so much it's exactly so much better that if you already own a switch, you mm-hmm. don't have to upgrade. Okay. Hey. Okay. That's confusing. But if you don't own a switch, there is not yeah. a single reason to go for the old one anymore. I see. Uh-huh.
2: Okay. Ah, I see. It's the new three DS kind of situation.
0: Right. The screen is so much better that it is almost embarrassing. The kickstand is actually functional. (laughs) Okay. There's more memory in it. Okay. And it just genuinely feels like a better device. Right. Same Joy-Cons work. Labo stops working. So if you have Labo and you like Labo, that won't work anymore. Hmm. Um, But beyond that, it is absolutely superior to the point that playing um uh, i downloaded metroid dread playing Mm -hmm. metroid dread on the original switch and on the new switch it's it's embarrassing wow okay right the screen is just leagues and leagues apart Uh, and any game that i booted up on both was just you you can't you it's just it's better so is it lighting? Is
1: it, like, uh, like I mean, luminosity, or is it resolution? Luminosity, it color, vividness,
0: everything. everything. Everything about the screen is better. Uh, and the size of the screen is slightly larger, too. It is, there is no contest. Hmm. Um, it is staggering, what the difference is. The problem is, it's exactly not $350 staggering.
1: Yeah, I feel that. It's,
0: like, $150 staggering, you know? yeah. Did you try playing
2: um, with another switch like an old switch or the new one like multiplayer stuff? Yeah,
0: I I have them next to each other. Uh no, I didn't play multiplayer, but I have them next to each other. Yeah. Uh with with the games that I have on cartridge? And uh yeah, no, it's it yeah. No. You after you've played on the new switch, if you if you grab the old switch and you start a game up, it's like it's like having, you know, it's like playing in the evening, and you have the Game Boy Advance, and your and your like sibling has like the Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. with the backlight. So That's what this, it feels like. This is okay. the main reason I'm not, I'm not getting one. We have two switches at home. Actually, mm-hmm. we have a bandwidth to get a third switch, but if it's a better switch, then we'll effectively have one switch at home because nobody's going to use the right. other two. So, yep. <laughs> like, I can maybe get another old switch, and then we'll have three in circulation, and that'll be fine. But if I get this new one, that's it; it's over. We effectively yep. have two extra switches.
0: No one's going to touch. Yeah, you have you have one switch and two backup devices.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I play Switch mostly docked, so for me, like mm. the screen is not a big draw. So I, pl- I like right. to play my Switch on my TV. Generally, like it's where I play it eighty percent of the time.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, so, then do, do not buy the new switch.
2: Yeah, I'm more likely to wait for the new new switch that comes after that. Whatever that right.
1: is. Right. Right. I'm waiting this, for the, the new the, Joy-Cons that don't have drift because I'm bitter. I bought enough Joy-Cons to play Smash Brothers eight players, and like more than half of them, you know,
0: the, the game will play itself. <laughs> so, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't believe they're done with Smash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's
2: concluded. So I can I have mean, a vacation. <laughs> I Wild. Mean, they're done for
1: now. There's going to be other smashes.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah pro- presumably. But like, if I was doing the next smash, I would have like four characters. <laughs> this is Mari- Mario, Luigi, Wario, and Waluigi. So and wa- that everybody oh, will lose it, <laughs> and everybody will still buy it. So that's what I would do.
1: <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. a good call. <laughs>
0: But the uh the game that I'm playing on the new Switch is Metroid Dread. Has any of you played it?
1: Nope. I'm it's very uh, interested next. I I love this. List. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It
0: is it is good. Oh, it yeah. is <laughs> so good. Um it is uh without giving away too much, it's a I think a direct sequel to Fusion. Okay. Oh. Which it even feels like a direct sequel to Fusion, but it has all of the improvements and changes that they've made since right uh-huh. um so it feels like the healthy balance between fusion which you either love or hate and sort of like the not fusion metroid games which uh-huh. you either like or love
2: rami have you played samus right. returns yeah okay how does that compare as well because it's the same studio
0: Right, so it's just kind of smash Samus Returns and Metroid Fusion together.
2: Ooh, good combo! I love the uh, Samus Returns and Fusion is a classic.
0: Right, so it's it's exactly that. If you've played those two, smash those together, and imagine them with slightly more modern game design, mm-hmm. um, and just like staggering graphics. Just it is hard to believe that this is a what five gigabyte download because everything looks beautiful little okay. background details every room is 3d uh, but the gameplay is in pure 2d right mm-hmm. um, but in the 3d like in the background tiny little things moving skittering glimmering giant creatures moving in the background shadows being thrown everywhere uh, and occasionally the the um, the game will move to 3d not for gameplay but for a cutscene or for an effect mm-hmm. and it's just it is a delight to play. If anything, if there's anything that people might dislike, it's that it railroads you a little more than you're used to. Okay. From Metro- Metro. okay. So when you're stuck in a place, it is mm-hmm. pretty clear that you're stuck in a place. Oh. And that you need to find the thingy before you can continue. But as soon as you find the thingy, you almost always know immediately where to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, that sounds like so a it's modern
2: less, game design uh, approaches to this stuff,
0: yeah. And you know what? I thought it would not work for Metroid, it does, it's just not what you're used to for Metroid, yeah. But uh, I'm not entirely done yet. I'm like, uh, I think I'm like a 70 or 80 percent in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just been such a delight. The animation is just oh, it's incredible. Uh, the graphics are amazing, the gameplay is so good. Um,
2: I really just can't wait. I'm it's, loving it.
0: It's, it's so very cool, cool,
2: man. Very, very cool. Yeah.
0: It's also the only thing I've played, so
2: yeah. You know. <laughs> Fair enough. That's uh, I mean, like you're on the road, you're driving, you're you're eating all right. that food. Um, I, just, <laughs> I,
0: I please don't talk about food. I still can't <laughs> think of food. <laughs> so cool. That's cool, man. Uh, how well, about you,
2: Metroid is next in line for me for sure. So nice. um I played an, uh, an indie game called Imp- Imposter Factory. Ooh. Oh. Uh, Imposter Factory is made by a studio called Free Bird Games. I don't know if you guys know these guys, but uh, they made uh, mm. To the Moon. Yep. Um, and um, the, the other game they made was a game about the bird. What was it called? Uh, Finding Paradise was the second game they made, and this is the third one. So To the Moon for me is one of my favorite stories in video games ever.
0: Yep, uh, it's very I,
1: good.
2: I love that game so much, and uh, it's a it's a little story about uh, this game. Uh, um, I was I was shipping a game at the time when uh, To the Moon came out. And we were at that uh, stage when we we're like, you know, sending a build over, and then we went in for QA to verify if it's uh, if it's a gold master or, or not, and if it's not, then we're gonna fix more bugs. So, so it was like, I don't know, maybe like I have like three or four hours to wait until I hear back from QA. Uh, and it was late at night, and I was playing this game, you know, in the meantime. So I played to the moon for like you know three to four hours in between. It was such a touching uh, game. <laughs> um, I remember the studio manager walked in, and I'm like in tears. And I was like, Fuzzy, you should go home. You look tired. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm actually moved because of, I moved because of something else, but never mind. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I love that game. It's a very touching uh, story for To The Moon. And like because, through the power of To The Moon, I've played all their other uh, video games. So I guess the best way to describe their games is that they are adventure games, narrative-heavy, narrative-driven adventure games made on RPG Maker, I think, is the engine that they use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the games look like you know classic uh, Super Nintendo-ish uh, JRPGs. And, you know, you walk around, you talk to people, and you unveil the story by collecting stuff. And uh, this game is no different. Um, It takes place in the same world as To The Moon. Um, uh, I'm not going to talk more about the plot because the game is the plot, but it's also very interesting. And it has this time loop mechanic uh, in it in some way. So uh, I don't know why 12 minutes keep showing up in... It keeps showing up in every game we play this year, but it's, about see, you know, it's uh, uh, there, there's an element of that in, uh, in Impostor Factory as well. Um, this right? Yeah, we're talking about that the other week, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the, in Freebird Games, I think the same person that directs the games and writes them also does a bit of the art, but also uh, um, I think he's a pianist and he also composes the music for the game. Um all three soundtracks are excellent. Um the To the Moon soundtrack is a regular on my uh Spotify playlist. Yeah, um excellent soundtrack, great uh, great story and a continuation to the series. Um I don't right,
0: think Right because it's, it because it's a series, right? It's like uh To the Moon and then Finding Paradise and then now Impossible yes. Factory. Exactly. I they're haven't connected. played the Factory yet, so I'm I'm very excited. Yeah. It's
2: great yeah.
1: they're, in they're in all connected.
2: Asturies? was okay. oh, that sorry
1: i was asking if free
2: uh, uh, sorry not free
1: bird a bird story i was asking if that was part of it too is it connected as well or is it separate a
2: bird story i think it's like a mini story of some sort i think it is also part of like it's happening in the same world but uh, the reason why it's difficult for me to say is like for most of these games if you play each individually it's still yeah like you can still have fun without playing the previous games it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um but you know I would advise if you played everything to kind of get uh, get an idea about what's going on. I still think 1392. Know, yeah, very short, so you can you can do it. 2 to 3 hours I think for most games. I think mm-hmm. To the Moon is still the magnum opus. Um mm-hmm. I think it's like a probably a, one of the most uh, personal stories and like it was um, a labor of love kind of thing. Um yeah, it's um I still think it's their best work, but this is also still very good and a very nice story. And, they, you know, they figured out a lot of stuff that uh, weren't really working out too much in the previous game. So, like, they got the feedback and sorted it out. But, yeah, still pretty good. Um, doesn't beat To The Moon for me. If you haven't played t- uh, To The Moon, just drop everything. Spend three hours, play To The Moon, and enjoy it because it's so good.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, that, that's it for me. If you haven't played it, Rami, I think you would enjoy it as well, since you've been playing the series for a while. Um, yeah, that's that's it for me. I think I'm gonna start Metroid soon. Um, Osama, did you play anything? Yes, actually,
1: um, I played Far Cry Six. So.
0: Oh wow! Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, I've spoken a, a little bit about how. To me, I have a special relationship with Ubisoft games because uh, I worked at Ubisoft Montreal, and there's a certain—I um, don't know what to call it—like a certain feeling of when I play them, like the the, the open world Ubisoft games. It feels like com- like coming home. It's a familiar feeling. Um, yeah. and I know it's 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 a little it might be odd for for people to to hear that, but like I can't I can't help it. Like I every time there's an Assassin's Creed or a Far Cry, I jump in and it, it feels like home. So. I try. I'm try I'm going to try to talk about this game without that lens because that's not a fair thing. Uh, I know that the majority of the world doesn't have that same shared uh,
0: feeling about it.
2: So, to well, me, you talk um, about your experience, man. You know, you, yeah. you talk what what you feel to talk about.
0: Okay. Right. We're not. We're not. We're here for the Habibi review, not the objective <laughs> review. All right. Exactly. This, right. Is, right, this that's- is
2: not Metacritic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah We don't want that Although Habibi Critic sounds great Habibi
1: Critic Habibi Critic is pretty good Let's buy that domain name Let's buy it quickly Before this episode airs
2: I give this game Five out of seven Ts. Yeah
0: That's the Habibi reviews I think I think it should be Types of of coffee Yeah Types (laughs) of coffee (laughs)
1: Right I love it so um, Far Cry Six, sorry, Far Cry in general. The way I usually approach it is, I'm in the open world, and I I like doing the outposts. I actually generally enjoy uh, trying to finish the outposts uh, in stealth as as much as possible. And
2: then if I fail, you It's know, my favorite go, part as well. Actually, the outposts. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it, they're fun. They're fun. I love checking them off the map. I do the other missions once in a while. I eventually finish the game, but I'm never in any rush to actually expose the story because they're very formulaic. I actually, you know, I have seen them behind the scenes, so I know exactly how it works. So there's no magic to me for that part. Uh, it's really just that I just really enjoy like completing the outposts. So Far Cry 6, if you've played a Far Cry, it's pretty much the same game as the last two far crys um, there are some innovations but they're not very noteworthy in my opinion they like they add some uh, difference to the game but it's not it doesn't address the fundamental issue with what i the, the issue that i think most people and i, I myself included have with far cry uh, let's talk about the innovations first and then i'll talk about the issue if that's okay the mm-hmm. uh, the main innovation that i noticed that not many people are talking about is that when you're in the village now, uh, you're in third person instead of first person. And this is a game that's traditionally always been first person. Even when you're in a car, oh, this you're in is, first person. I, I, yeah. I, I like the sound of that. Yeah, it's actually good. It's good because, and I know why they did it. They did it because of the other innovation, which the game has a lot more focused now on uh, crafting equipment, um, like, you know, the, 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 there's a quote that they keep repeating in the game, which is the right tool for the... Uh, they keep repeating it. Well, how can I remember it? The right tool for the, the right circumstance or something along those lines. Whatever. That's the, mm-hmm. essence, the gist of it. So, <laughs> Kind of you, that. You go in a poison <laughs> yeah. field and if you wear a poison mask, you won't choke. That kind of thing. Um, so you get this big inventory and you get these mods that you add to the weapons and it actually makes a, a, like, a real difference in how you could approach emissions. missions. And that part on its own is interesting. And in third person, when you're in the village, walking from one merchant to the next, crafting these things, now you can see them on your character. And your character Mm -hmm. has more like a voice, like a character has a personality. At the very beginning of the game, you choose if the character is a male or female. And um, like the the voice that that comes with it, which is kind of becoming a Ubisoft staple, all the recent Assassin's Creed Mm -hmm. doing that. But again, it's not something that you had in a Far Cry before. So all of these are innovations that make for a, a better game in a lot of ways. And yet, the core thing that I feel that people are, are, are like don't like about the game is the same thing that I actually still have a problem with, is it feels like you're just a series of errands. Like, you finish a thing, and then you wait for the next thing to give, be given to you. You don't feel like you're on this grand adventure to do a thing, like to, to complete... Uh, a thing. Um, and that's a much harder thing to address. And I just said thing way too many times.
2: I should switch it and say Arab <laughs> It's like, like me right? going say, Arab say at Arab. the start of this episode. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Say Arab six times. That's 5 Cry six. <laughs> <laughs> just like you know combine it, Arab thing. <laughs> but if you want I mean? a hashtag I mean, Arab <laughs> thing
1: Because <laughs> like on paper this is should be the better Far Cry than the the last few that have come out because of these innovations and these changes that um, help you address it better. The innovations took away a little bit from the stealth. So the outposts are actually less fun because all the fun new things are not, like that I've uh, unlocked. Maybe that's going to change. I played it for maybe 10 hours now. Uh, I haven't unlocked any new thing that helps with stealth. So, and my preferred way to approach the outpost is stealth the whole way if possible, and then react, you know, like adjust if, if things go bad. All mm-hmm. the fun new gadgets and toys you have are huge explosions and like extravagant things. So it takes away from the stealth. It's like if I succeed the outpost in stealth, now I'm like, oh, I didn't get to play with any of my toys. That kind of sucks.
0: Oh
2: man,
1: that's
0: and if m- I want to. That with sounds toys, like
2: my kind of thing, though. I like explosions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just about to say, it sounds it sounds like they added some Vlambeer to their Far Cry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Exactly, but that's—I know—that's a personal thing to me because I like to approach right. outpost that way, and I, I still think the innovations of these things were really good. I think I would, would have preferred a little bit more balance towards stealth, just to, to keep that um, right. the way I approached uh, you know the balance that they had before. But still, like you could ride horses now. I think you were able to ride elephants in one other Far Cry, so that's not a big uh, innovation in that sense. They added things. I mean, it's not the same game, but it feels so much like the same game. It feels, right. it doesn't, you don't feel the innovations because of the formula that's becoming more and more apparent with each game, which is go to the village, pick up a quest, go do the quest, come back to the village. There are no surprises.
0: There's not a. Oh, a my, my formula for Far Cry is go to the village, pick up a quest, get distracted doing 75 outposts, <laughs> go back to the village. <laughs> that, then don't really care about the quest line anymore because you've done all the outposts. Yep. And yep. then quit Far Cry.
2: So Osama, what's the animal you release on people in this game?
1: (laughs) Crocodiles. So far, that's the
2: crocodiles.
0: (laughs) Crocodiles. All I know, all I know is that there's a tiny dog.
1: Yeah, and he's so cute. And chorizo.
0: The the tiny dog?
1: Yeah, chorizo. He actually helps. He's the only new, uh, uh, the the new edition that I've seen so far. Actually, that's not true because I have the gold edition, so I also have a robot dog that it's kind of similar. What? So, yeah. So the, the gold edition comes with, um, blood. What was that expression called? Blood dragon. I forget what the, yeah. the blood dragon. So I got a full suit of armor of, of Blood Dragon and a robot dog from Blood Dragon. Uh, and, you know, they, they always have those those friends, the, those pets that follow you around. Chorizo is kind of like a, a – he's the only one that's good for stealth because he, like, distracts people. You could send them in one direction. They're like, oh, cute doggie. And then you could come and, you know, kill them from behind. So that works. Uh, and their robot dog, you could just send them on a stealth mission, like on a stealth kill. And if there's nobody in line of sight, you'll kill someone far away. So they they those two help a little bit with stealth. So I appreciate that. All the other animals are kind of like the the ones that you had before. But it's the croc that's the main one that you don't see in the other games. Um, they're cool. I I, I I still like it. I'm still enjoying it. I'm playing it uh, playing it through. But I'm I'm hearing other people talk about it, and the the world is beautiful. By the way, like Ubisoft knows how to mm-hmm. do Caribbean. It's gorgeous walking around, it's really, really gorgeous, but you don't get that sense How's of the adventure story like you do. How's um, the story? I, it's exactly what I expected. So, whether that's <laughs> good or bad, like you watch a trailer, you that's the story, that's the story, yeah. that's the story. Like, right. bad guy took over city, take him down, and that's it. They're you know, like cool. they did that. That, that okay, they, they did the trope. You know, the, the, the video game trope where it's like, we need to, to motivate the player. So we're going to introduce a character and then kill the character and then show pain in the eyes of the main character so that, y- you know, you feel the pain of the of the of the, of the like uh, of the character. And you then the player the- will you feel the motivation to to like avenge them. But you haven't had enough time to sit with the character right. who died to care. Yeah. So you feel right. a disconnect instead. Well, they did that. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I, maybe we should have flag that as a spoiler uh well you don't know which character
0: wait you should have flagged as a spoiler that a far cry game opens like a far cry game (laughs) (laughs) hasn't that been like the literal intro of every far cry game (laughs) since far cry 3
1: (laughs) pretty much yeah pretty much but uh, that's the thing like that's to me that's such a uh, uh, there's so much opportunity to make you care in different ways and that's not it that's not
0: it i mean for me, honestly, if I boot up the Far Cry and it lets me get to the outposts and yes. I can do the outposts, I'm happy.
1: You don't get the outposts right away. You're on a okay, tutorial I hate island this game. for a bit. <laughs> it's like you know breath of the wild style tutorial island you have to like suffer through that a little bit before you can get to okay.
0: the i'll thing. take that you know yeah. like if it's the mm-hmm. first hour yeah sure yeah, something like that yeah something like that yeah. Still, uh, I, I
1: enjoy the- it i'm happy I'm, I'm gonna finish it eventually i'm gonna do all the outposts and then eventually i'm gonna come back and finish the story
0: i genuinely don't think i've finished a far cry game since far cry 3
1: i, I don't think i've not finished one since far cry 2
0: Right, but the weird thing oh. is, I've enjoyed every Far Cry game since Far Cry Three. Oh,
1: that's not weird at all. Like, I'm totally right. for people abandoning games before they finish them and moving on to something they enjoy more. I don't, like. I'm not a completionist. Why would you be? Unless You're not you want a completionist. To. No, I'm gonna play five games at the same time for three hours and <laughs> then forget I had I started them and move on to another right. five. Yeah, that's me.
0: Fair. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a completionist in Metroid because I'm I'm like. I think I have most of the game and I'm like every every map's like you have twelve percent of the items. I'm like, well <laughs> I think, it, I, think I would too, like right? to
2: be I think I would like to be a completionist, but um uh, I just know <laughs> that there's a lot of other games out there and I just want to right. jump onto that. Well, right. yeah.
1: Well, twelve-year-old me was definitely a, com- a completionist back then. Though.
0: I mean, but also I could only afford one game every six months. So
1: yeah, that's fair.
0: I I completed everything because that was all I was going to be playing. <laughs> I that's think true. I like maxed out the M D K demo. Yeah,
1: I I used to play games I, I hated game. because because I got one MDK game every so little good. while. So if, even if I got a game that I hated, I would play it. You know, right. So. Because I was bored so of the other I ones. Play. I played them to death because I was a completionist. So there
0: you go. I think the first game I did in Completionist was Deus Ex.
1: Oh, wow. Because
0: I played that and I was like, there's too much There's too much video games. <laughs> Not there's too many other video games. It's just Deus Ex is too much video game."
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I remember that. Good game, Runs though. Game.
2: Good, good game. game. Oh, I like did all it? the Deus Ex games. They're all good to me. Me too.
0: Also, the music in those games is very good. Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: Human Revolution, I think, is my favorite.
0: Uh, Human Revolution is very... I, I mean, the v- original is still my favorite, but Human Revolution was a very good second best one.
2: Yes. I, like, I think about it and I'm seeing yellow everywhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Everything is yellow. I never asked for this. I very never nice. asked for this. Yeah, people saying that they would never asked for yellow and then just yellow. It's like the worst yes. Coldplay music video you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. And I love it it's so it. good.
2: Jensen is the closest Solid Snake we've gotten in a long time as well.
0: I never asked for and, this. And such a good Solid Snake, right? Yeah. Like, totally nails it. Love I think it. Jensen uh, was a better Snake than Snake was by the end of Snake. <laughs>
2: hmm. You mean uh, by Phantom Pain Snake?
0: right when we got to the end of like solid snake it was like hey, I'll, play, I'll, pl- I'll go play adam jensen for a bit
2: uh, don't get me started i'm uh, a big fan we should have a Metal gear discussion right, at yeah. some point
0: yeah me too although i'm still the like i like metal gear solid one best and that's kind of that's kind of my opinion on metal gear solid
2: yeah yeah i actually agree I, I, it's my favorite one. It's my games. favorite game. I think my first, so my fir- my favorite overall Metal Gear game is the first one. My favorite Metal Gear story is the third one, and right. my favorite Metal Gear mechanically is the Phantom Pain.
0: Right. Yeah. That all that all makes sense. Yeah. Somehow for me, the answer is just Metal Gear Solid, the original. That's the one. Yeah. That's that's my Metal Gear Solid, and every other game I thought was interesting, but not Metal Gear Solid.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we we, we got into talking about uh, favorite Metal Gear Solid and favorites and, and lists. We're gonna get so much hate. Yes. Send the hate yes. to info at habibis. dot <laughs> 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 Info at dot com. Osama loves to get some hate mail every now and then.
0: Oh, no. just Speaking Of
1: mail. Wait, is this the right time or did I jump? Yeah, guy?
0: go for it. Go for oh, it. we yeah. <laughs> <become. laughs> We can't so, drop this transition. This was no, a good transition, good. so it's this too too is where good. we point out it was a good transition and make it a bad <laughs> transition, and then you read the emails.
2: There you go. That's our tradition. Oh, my, oh <laughs> Classic. So we got. I go through all this got, effort for a good transition. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we got excellent mail. We got three of them that we're going to read out to you now, and two of them are in the form of a question. So it's going to be interesting. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll talk about the first one. That is a question. In the last episode, in the missing giant Habibi cat episode, uh, we were talking about how you know what, what do you have with your tea, remember? And uh, we were mentioning that there was sugar as as like really, like people use way too much sugar. Um, well, Mustafa Hadara has a story. Or I guess it's Hadara. I'm not sure because he has a double D in his name. Um, mm-hmm. We have. He basically tells a story that his dad used to tell him. He says. Uh, He was sitting with his teacher and a few fellow students, and they were drinking tea. The teacher passed around the sugar bowl, and he made sure that everyone had enough sugar for their tea, and then took his cup of tea, and instead of putting sugar in the tea, he poured the cup of tea into the sugar bowl. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny is we've joked about exactly this happening many times. I never actually heard of someone who actually did
0: (laughs) it. I mean, I... (laughs) <laughs> I tend to put honey in my tea, and I can't imagine doing it with honey, though. No. You just dunk <laughs> no, it in the no. honey jar. <laughs>
2: no.
0: Just no, dung, dung my tea into the honey, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have another email.
1: The other email is from uh, Jose. Jose uh, writes again, because he's wrote, written before. Um, but he says... I'm sure if you all you have all experienced innumerable instances of non-Arab people people being surprised that you're somehow not what they thought Arabs were like. But what about the other way around? Were there any really eye-opening experiences when you first encounter someone or something from another culture that completely blew apart your expectations? I Open mean, question to all of us.
0: For me, just the fact that lemon isn't the same thing everywhere was mind blowing. Yeah, it's
1: okay. true. For us, still it's gets yogurt. me every time. For you, it's milk, right? It's milk. Yeah, Lebanon is it's milk.
0: yogurt. No, it's milk. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. It's yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like
1: it's first, it's milk. I, I, so I think that is a correct one, right? That is the. I
0: have no idea. Lebanon is milk. That's all I know. Okay. You know, <laughs> we say hadith but if it's, for milk. If it's something else for you,
1: well, kalas, let's we don't yeah. have to fight
0: about it. Unless you serve me yogurt when I ask for milk. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we fight I, about. It. I
1: grew up in in Montreal since I was five years old, and it's extremely multicultural. So it's really hard to at this point to surprise me uh, right. when you meet someone else. I, I I think I've seen it all. So I I don't actually think I have that, that experience. But I did have the other one, of course. Many times people were like, "Oh, you're not." what i expected from an arab but it's because they have a very narrow hollywood view of what an arab is but i think that's (laughs) standard. i
0: I think i i almost feel like when you ask for the opposite i sometimes get that people think that arabs think i'm not arab enough Huh? yeah that one has happened to me uh which is a weird sort of self-policing that sometimes happens in the culture but um yeah, I've absolutely gotten like you're you're not what I expected out of an Arab, and I get the like, wow, but you're so well spoken. I get that one too. Oh no, uh, which those people can, you know, go punch themselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I I travel around the world all the time, and every time you meet somebody from a different culture, there's something eye opening. I feel.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for me, uh, I, I think I mentioned a couple of stories. Know if it
0: happened. Yeah.
2: I think I mentioned on the podcast a couple of stories when I st- st- still tried to haggle while I was in Japan, or, or um, when I try, when I tried to to force pay for meals sometimes, even though um, you know in other cultures they'd be like, "Why? Why is this yeah. guy doing this?" So <laughs> there's a bunch of times <laughs> when I was like, you know, trying to do an Arab thing and people were like, "What? What's going on?" Um, but yeah, that, yeah, the other the other thing mm-hmm. that Rami was talking about, I get that all the time. It's like, "Oh, you're uh, my favorite one." Is I got this the other day from another Arab. Um, uh, what was it that she said? I thought it was interesting. She oh, She said, you're very modern for an Arab guy. I don't know what to make of that.
0: Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got that one too. I got I that one I too. I don't like that one. Oh. Nope. Nope.
1: <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> All right. So let's move on because it's probably going to get a little yeah, uncomfortable. We got a third
2: email. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so third email is by Rad. And what he says is um, it's mostly for Fauzi? He said. My question is about working abroad as an Arab, uh, both in the how to find a game job abroad outside of the Middle East sense, and the how's the experience different once you're there sense. Uh, are there any advices or um, things that you've done, you know, to help you with that? Basically, any advice, Fauzi, or I guess you could chime in too, Rami, if you've encountered so something. The,
2: the question, the question is about like finding, like how advice for working in different places around the world if I understand that correctly
1: that's what it sounds like yeah
2: how to find a game job abroad outside of the Middle East
0: but also how to okay. what to expect when you get to a different place as an Arab exactly ah okay yeah, just
2: two wide different questions I get the, the first one is that um, uh, it's about getting experience so as with any other job is finding out what the companies that you want to apply to want. And then like working on like building a portfolio and a resume that kind of matches the the job description. Then then in my case, you know, like it was about making games. There weren't any um, game companies. So, you know, we made a couple and we started making games. I started Indie, as I mentioned on the show before, we made a bunch of games and then like, you know, after making a bunch of them, that allowed me to apply for jobs and then yeah, got called over. Uh, eventually, like, you know, how it, how it happened to me in, in some, in some essence was kind of funny because I studied computer science and I studied Japanese and then um, I w- there was a Japanese company that wanted to open a Middle Eastern branch and uh, they brought all their programmers and their artists over from Japan, but they wanted the designer with a local experience. So at the time, there wasn't that many game designers in the region. So when I was doing the interview... I spoke Japanese to the to the guy, and he was like, "What? You not only are you the only game designer, but you also spoke Japanese." So he made me an offer right there in the phone call. It's like, what are the odds of that happening? So I'm not sure if this is right. exactly like, you know, like um, like my story is what you should do to 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 get a job, but that's <laughs> that's how it happened to me, for example, and that ended up right. moving me so, so to and your advice- around the world.
0: Your advice is about 15 years ago, speak Japanese. <laughs> yeah,
2: 15 years ago, study computer science, study Japanese, and make games, basically. Right. <laughs> Step one, find right. a
1: time machine. Step two, learn yeah. Japanese.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the, the modern-day advice is that find out what the companies want and try to build your experience to match the companies that you want to work for.
0: Right, and I think if I if I could add anything, it's probably don't stare yourself like don't just focus on the companies you want to work for necessarily mm-hmm. right there's a lot of games industry yeah. and there's a lot of games That's industry fair. that you might not know of right mm-hmm. in huge cities in, in cities with lots of games industry in the uk and in, in in berlin in asia and in, in, uh, singapore malaysia uh indonesia like there's games industry everywhere Yeah, if you want to move abroad as part of what you want to do then absolutely like there's games industry everywhere but don't just go like it has to be Activision Blizzard Mm -hmm. yeah you're right Right? Uh, that's not how the industry works
2: yeah you need to you need to you know have an open mind and like uh, try out a whole bunch of stuff you know like keep applying until like you know you hit it with uh, with one with one company or another and then like you make your way either within the company to doing the thing you want or, you know, down the line. But most importantly, it's about working on yourself and your skill set and gaining that experience.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What I'd also add mm-hmm. is if you're fortunate enough to be able to find one, get a mentor, uh, someone who's got walked that path as recently as possible, because a lot of people will find people who will look for people who joined the industry 15, 20 years ago, and their experience might not be relevant. But find someone who, who walked that path more recently um, and show them your portfolio show them your cv ask them advice and my, very often they're my pro tip
0: advice. my pro tip for joining the industry is make some flash games sell them for money <laughs> work work, work don't for me don't work for that. me uh, don't do <laughs> flash is hot no please yeah just like the big deal please don't make flash games for anybody who didn't catch the sarcasm that, please do not please do not take that advice <laughs> yeah. i'm guessing that's yeah. it for the emails osama
1: yeah, that's it. Those were three for three. That's it.
0: I think that's wow. it for the three for three. We have three times Arabs. We have three times things. We have a lot of three going on today.
1: <laughs> okay, I think we got a title for the talk.
0: <laughs> I was just about to say, "I'm." Yeah. Shall we go with Arab, Arab, Arab? <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> I think that'll work for everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in for this weird. It is raining by now. I'm sitting in a car in a raining parking lot. This is like. This is like movie-level atmosphere here. I should do this more often. Uh, this was another episode of The Habibis. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you have any questions for Osama, so Osama can be happy, <laughs> please send them to info at thehabibis.com. Also, come hang out in our Discord. It's available always at discord.thehabibis.com. I think that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, everybody, have a good one. Salaam. Salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I was Rami Ismail, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at THA underscore Rami. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias. And Fawzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fawzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. The intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla. And the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea. With new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and salam.